0: This is the Ipsy SDA Media Network. Today you were here. What's love got to do with it? And I'm not Tina Turner. I'm not here to sing it or dance or throw. I I thought about it, (laughs) but I said no. Because... I'm the type of person, anybody that knows me, know that I like to take time. I like to have a time period to do, to speak, like months. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the type to say to God, are you talking to me? And he has to really move on my heart. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stubborn, but he's brought me a long way, you no, we live in a world where the word L-O-V-E-D or love, L-O-V-E, seems to have lost its meaning. Look about you in this world. You hear some people saying, where is God? Where's the love? I grew up in an era as a teenager, some of you all that's uh, around my age will remember there was a song about love. It says, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with. That was during an era that my generation was called the love generation. And believe me, some of the things I sing, <clears throat> I remember going home to my mother. I played in a band. I had abandoned the church. I'm willing to admit I was a sinner. I had abandoned the church and I played in a band, so we used to play in this park on Sunday. Matter of fact, Gallup Park in Ann Arbor. Some of the things that I saw going on, I remember going home saying to my mother, I said, there's gonna be a disease that's gonna come about. There's not gonna be a cure for it. She said, well, I said, mom, people don't believe in love anymore. I said, they just go out and do what they wanna do with this one and that one and that one and this one. And I asked then, as a teenager, where does love fit in this? So today, that's my question to you all. In our church, we hear songs about love, we hear sermons about love, and we're supposed to, as Christians, as Christians, to love one another We sang, I love to tell a story. That's one of my favorite songs. I love to tell a story of what Jesus did for me. And then there's the song that most people know from childhood. Jesus loves me. This I know, because the Bible tells me so. There are so many songs out there that represent love, either in the Christian or in the secular world. And that's my question, is where is the love? and what love has to do with it. My message today, I'm dedicating it. I told Pastor Shaw the other day. I said, I'm dedicating my message to you and Kathy, and also to Sharon Smith. They have been an inspiration in my life. Because I'm from a family of 12, and there's only two of us left. And the other one doesn't want to have anything to do with the family. So I'm on my own, but I'm not on my own. God's got me. So once again, I say, what's love got to do with it? Each Sabbath, we stand up here in the church and recite, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. Do we recite it because we say it over and over and over and it's repeated? Why do we say it? It should be engraved in the memory of your heart, but do you understand what it says? Do you ever take time to listen to John 3.16. The word is, when nothing else can help. John 3.16. I want to just break it down a little bit. Listen to it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who should ever believe in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. Those first four words carry a lot of weight a lot of weight. When you think about it, for God, what does that mean to you? He exalted above all. He's exalted above everything, all things, everything that is. He created it. We exist because of Him. No one else on this planet Earth has been able to duplicate any of us other than God. So, for God magnificent. Let's look at the word, so loved. As I said, those first words, those first four words are important. So loved, cherished, adored what he had created, that God loved, that he was, he didn't restrict it to any one nation, any continent, anywhere. It was here, that he created includes all creation. His love, so love, for God so loved, means all, everything. The world, terra firma. I had a friend, she never would say the world. She would say terra firma, this earth that we're on. Yeah. So, for God so loved the world, and one thing before you move on, you realize, God loved us so much that he knew there would be an adversary to tempt us. So what did he do? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. Think about it. He didn't ask you to give your son, your daughter, mother, father. He gave his only begotten son, And what's in it for us? That who should ever believeth in him, which is who? It's all of us. Us should not perish, but have an everlasting life. I don't know about you, but I have to say this. Is there anything everlasting, permanent, unending? Eternal? Yes. But think about it. There's only one thing that they advertise on TV, and that's the Energizer, Bunny. And you're eventually going to have to buy batteries for it. They say it keeps going and going and going, but you're still going to have to buy some batteries for it. You don't have to buy batteries for what the Lord has promised us. Amen. Everlasting life. There's only one everlasting thing, and that's the love of our Heavenly Father, who gave his only begotten Son. Let me say this. That whosoever means you and me, and everyone else that believeth, that's all the requirements, is that who should ever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. That's us. And you don't Give a gift back that God gives you. When he gives you a gift, you cherish it. The amazing thing about John 3.16 to me is that it's, it's, it's not a fraternity. It's not a sorority where you might be invited to pledge. I never liked those. Never liked. The people would pick and choose who they wanted. Think about it. God just opened the door and said come on in, I love you, you ain't got to join nothing but the love of our Savior Christ Jesus. That's all he wants from us. He didn't break it down to include a few notable people such as the rich and famous, the upper class, the middle class, the highly educated, presidents, kings, queens, poor, homeless, black, Caucasians, brown, Need I need, need I, do I need to go on? He just said, all you have to do is surrender. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. God extended his love to everyone. The door is open. The catchphrase here is, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. Everlasting life. That, my brothers and sisters, is a gift that we all can claim. And as I said before, never refuse a good gift, a loving gift. And there's always a but. There's always a but. It's kind of like, I, just, I love chocolate. Anybody that knows me know I love chocolate. I'm trying to wean myself off of it. It's not easy. There's a but. I love it. So there's always a but. And let's look at the words again of John 3:16. For God so loved, the word love, what does it mean to you? Passion? Devotion to your husband, to your wife, to your son, to your daughter, to a close friend? So loved. Ask yourself, what does that mean to you? The word love carries a lot of weight, but some folks feel it's just too heavy a burden to carry. When you look around the world, I get the feeling a lot of people feel that way. I'm not calling any names, but he was our... Never mind, I'm not going to call his name. I'm just leave it alone. Look about the world today. Do you see, the, do you see love? the word love. Love gets tossed around like a used rag that when people are through with it, they just mm-hmm. toss it aside. I watch Judge Mabel. I don't know whether anybody else watches her divorce court. And I hear some of the, some of the people say things. I used to love you, but I don't love you anymore. Good. Then I hear some of them say, well, you know, I never did love you. I just needed a place to stay. And Judge Mabel will say, you've been married forty years and didn't love this person? How could you how could you do that? You see so you see so many divorces. And I say, where's the love? What happened to the love? And then you hear someone say, I once loved you, but I don't love you anymore. And there was a song, you've lost that love and feeling. Have we, as Christians, lost that love and feeling? God loved, loved, and wanted us to love one another. I want you to go with me to Matthew 22, 35, and 40. If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to go there. You know, there's uh, these Pharisees that's standing around I'm putting them into days. These men in suits are standing around waiting for Pastor Liverpool to make a mistake so they can judge him. And so they entice this lawyer to go up to him and say to him, master, which is the great commandment in the law? Hey, this person they're talking to is Jesus. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now, I'm watching this young man, this lawyer, that thinks he knows everything, walking, getting ready to walk away, and Jesus say, And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. If you love me, you should love Jesus. Now, my clear word reads verse 40 this way You see, The entire law rests on both these principles because they are interrelated. You can't separate them. It's all or nothing. You shall love the God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. I'm gonna ask you all, do you love your neighbors? Who's your neighbors? Who is your neighbors? It's everyone in here. Everyone in here is your neighbor. And it took me a while to really understand that. But I got it, I got it. God let me understand what the neighbor was. Because love is the fulfillment of the law. Because if you love God, you can't pick and choose who you love. You either love, you cannot just make up your mind and say, well, I love love so-and-so, but you know, I can't stand so-and-so. You can't do that. The first of this, the first cannot be kept and the second broken, nor can the second be kept while the first is broken. However, common sense should tell you that if you put both these laws to weigh them, they will balance because they're very important to our livelihood and to our place in heaven. Some people might think that Jesus was trying to force us to love other people, to love one another. Hmm. I think he was just giving us an example of love. When he went to that cross, he was showing us what love was all about. You see, Jesus loved everybody. You think about when he was with the disciples. There was a particular place the disciples didn't want to go. But Jesus went there, and who did he meet? The woman at the well. And he used her to testify to his goodness and his love to everybody. She went back, even though the people probably despised her because of her lifestyle, she took love back to them. And that particular place learned who Jesus was. I love that about Jesus. He didn't care who you was. He didn't care what you looked like. He didn't care if you didn't have a million dollars or just five dollars in your pocket. He, He would love you. If he was living today, he would show you, I love you, regardless. What an expression of love that Jesus showed us. Again, I say, What's love got to do with it? Everything. I often hear folks saying, "Hmm, I hope I get to heaven. I've been to funerals, (laughs) and I hear people putting folks up in heaven, and I say, my goodness, if he's up there, I don't wanna go. (laughs) But I don't know what that individual did before they departed from this earth, so I said, who am I to judge? And I've heard folks say, when I get to heaven, and when I was growing up, there used to be a song, everybody talking about going to heaven ain't going to heaven. So it's, it's important for us to understand that love is important. I think it's the most important thing that we all need. Christians, we as Christians, I'm going to say it again, It should be about love, regardless of what someone looks like. And I'm not judging anyone, but I ask myself, I have to ask myself, am I reflecting the true character of Jesus? Or is my heart still hardened towards a neighbor or someone in my church family? Yet I profess, I can stand up here and profess that I love God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and don't love my neighbor? It's all or nothing. What an example Jesus left for us with these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. It's the essential ingredients to being a true child of God, is love for God and one another. If you don't put the right ingredients in it, there's no need of running around here thinking you get to heaven, if you haven't put the right ingredients in. And the first of all is love. I say again, what's love got to do with it? It can keep you out of heaven if you don't love. I was thinking about this, Luke 18, 10 and 13. Go there with me. Luke 18, 10 and 13. And I hope none of us is like this. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. I guess I would be that simple the publican standing there, but so the Pharisees stood and prayed, thus with himself, Hmm. can you imagine him standing there all sophisticated and all that? Yes, 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 got it together. Thank you, Pastor Liverpool. (laughs) He said, God, I thank thee that I am like any other man, an extortioner, unjust, adulterer, and then he looks over or even That publican sitting there. I fast twice in the week. I give tithe of all that I possess. And here poor me, the publican, I'm putting myself in his shoes. I'm looking at him, well I'm not looking at him because I refuse to even look up to heaven, it says. It says the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but he smote his breasts, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We have to be able to admit that we're sinners because there's no perfect people on this planet Earth. I told one of my neighbors, she was talking about, well, you know, my family is pretty perfect. Uh, we, We did really good, Catherine. And I said, so, I said, so do you believe in the Bible? Oh, yes, 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 I do. I said, did you read the first few chapters of the Bible? Genesis. Yes, why? I said, well, these two people that was in the Garden of Eden gave up paradise. So everybody on this planet Earth is dysfunctional. I said, you gotta be dysfunctional to give up paradise. So a few days later when I went back, she said, you know, I read that. You know, that is kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, you know, I said, not just strange. I said, but because of them is what we are dealing with on this earth today. And I said, just keep reading and reading, studying. Get to know who God is. Don't read something and then think you know him. Study it. Don't read it. Study it. Now I asked you, as you heard the story about the, publican, and a Pharisee, which of these man's prayers was heard? The one filled with self-esteem and self-love or the humble publican? You can't be selfish. You can't be all that. You have to be humble and show the love. You cannot say that you love Jesus and you can't love your neighbor or the person sitting next to you in the pew. Loving everyone, I know it's hard because some people are just unlovable. But who am I to judge? I might be unlovable to some of you all. I don't know. (laughs) What's holding us back from loving each others? Is it how persons look, dress, education level, status at work, type of car they drive? Home they live in, how many kids they have, they got money, bitcoins, single, divorced, or not camera friendly. I remember that was mentioned once here in this church. Let's make sure that people stand up in front of the cameras camera friendly. In God's eyes, we're all camera friendly. Thank God. Sometimes we say they just ain't my style. And sometimes they get on my nerves. Don't you realize we get on God's nerves, too? You know, sometimes I imagine he sits back and said, look at his angels and 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 says, got to hold my tongue. I'm holding my tongue. He has. He's held back the rest because he still loves us. He wants us to love one another. He wants us to be in heaven. When I think about heaven and I think about (laughs) Lucifer, who's Satan, I don't like to give this man credit. I do not like to call his name. But I understand now why he thinks he can take over heaven when it uh, descends down, when Jesus comes. Because he figures these people don't love each other. We got this. We ain't gotta worry about it because he's not gonna see a lot of people in there. But he doesn't know. God's still in control. But I'm just wanna say this. You got to love down here. Because if you don't love people down here, everybody, you ain't gonna be gone up there, so don't even worry about it. So don't so don't count on getting that crown that white robe, those golden slippers, and that harp, because love comes first. I want to leave you all with a story. And that story is, there was this little girl. She had a brother who was sick. The doctor came to see. And the doctor said, it's gonna take a miracle. It's going to take a miracle if this child pulls through this. The father went to the wife and said, I don't know what we're going to do. We can't pay for the surgery. And he says, it's going to take a miracle. Well, this little girl went into her bedroom, went up under her bed, pulled out her piggy bank. And she counted $1.11. She went to a corner store and this pharmacist, was standing there talking to someone. And she said, she didn't say anything, but she went, <coughs> the pharmacist he ignored her. Then she took a quarter out and she went <coughs> on the counter, still nothing. She took her foot and she, <coughs> and the guy said, why are you making all that noise? Don't you see I'm talking? And she said, I'm here for a miracle. She said, I wanna buy a miracle. He said, a what? She said, I want to buy a miracle. He said, what do you need a miracle for? She said, my little brother is at home, he's sick, and we can't afford the surgery. And she said, I've got the money to pay for it. He said, how much do you have? She said, I have a dollar and 11 cents. And he said, take me to your, to your house. This individual that had her take him to the house was, I don't know whether you ever heard of him, Dr. Carlton Armstrong, a renowned surgeon who performed this surgery on that little boy. And her brother came home healthy, strong, revived, restored to new health. That's what love is. She was willing to sacrifice $1.11 for a miracle when she already had it through the love that she had for her little brother. Now, Galatians 5 22 23 is the fruits of the Spirit. Love is the first one, joy, peace, long suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. More and more as you reflect the character of Christ Jesus, to love with all your heart, you will begin to bear the fruit of love for your fellow brothers and sisters. And then you'll begin to understand what's love got to do with it? God be with you all.